Um, I'm hopeful that they get something enough out of the show that they want to continue to see that it exists. Because honestly, if the Patreon's turned off tomorrow, the show would also have to turn off tomorrow. Hey friends, welcome back to the Christian Podcaster. I, of course, am your host, Eric Nevins. I am so glad that you are here. The Christian Podcaster is the show that introduces you to a new Christian podcaster every single episode where you just might find your new favorite binge listen. I certainly hope that's the case. I know today we have a really great conversation. Our guest, he is the, uh, the I was going to say the proprietor, I guess. Is that the right word? I don't know. The, the the founder and creator of the podcast, Can I Say This at Church, which uh, definitely I think is a provocative title. He's got a cool logo too, but our guest is Seth Price. Seth, welcome to the Christian Podcaster. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to uh, to just make the, the connection once again and to talk about your show. So I gave kind of that broad overview of your show or just kind of a brief introduction, really. Uh, tell us more about kind of who you are and where God has you right now. Uh, I am uh, just a guy living in central Virginia. Most of the time I work at a bank. I am apparently the proprietor of a, <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> I guess that's the appropriate way to say I'm that. I'm not sure if it is. But... Means owner, right? So I guess. I guess, I guess so. True? I don't know. Um, but yeah, just a guy in Central Virginia, um, living life, just flew back in from seeing family uh, in Texas. And um, yeah, yeah, slightly tired because of that. But so <laughs> if anyone ever sees the video, I don't know if they're recording it or not, um, you'll see the bags there and those are legit bags. There so. you go. The well-earned, well-earned. Yeah. I know that was a, a tough trip for you. And so we're, we're praying for you and your family. Um, but I'm glad that you're here. Thanks. Thanks for being here. So um, what I want to talk about is like your podcast. And so can your podcast is, can I say this at church? You had a really interesting origin story for how that came, how you came up with that title. Uh, a friend of mine did. Um, I've got, Five or six, actually, I was just talking with them a few minutes ago. I point over there. That's where my <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, as I started talking about what topics I wanted to do and whatnot, um, you know, he was like, dude, you can't say that at church. And I'm like, there it is. Taking that. I want it. I didn't give it. I've told him before. I've given him no royalties and no money. <laughs> uh, not really a lot of that to go around. Right. But, but yeah. Yes, yeah, so it was just a good friend of mine that uh, we we all the time have open, open dialogue about everything but um lately it's been jerry falwell jr because we both went to uh, liberty but yeah oh, we have open did. dialogue about about everything so oh man that's such a that's such a cluster isn't it right it's just like this big <sighs> huge nasty I've thing been a fan of his since he became more involved with the university um not been a fan of his for a long time current events um, not even included in that. So, but that's entirely separate. from my podcast. <laughs> It is okay. But what, what that is, I think that's a good segue into kind of what you do with your show though. Right. So, because you will talk about, uh, maybe issues, topics, theological ideas, a lot of times that are, um, maybe not the most welcome, right. For in most places in churches, which is why your, your question is, can I actually say this at church? Right. Yeah. There's a whole thing. So you're, but you're doing that. You're asking those hard questions. Yeah, I try to. Well, no, 
I ask those hard questions to them and people <laughs> and they answer them and then I, I edit it together. Uh, I very rarely am the one answering the hard questions, though occasionally they'll turn one back on me. Um, that's not usually the version of the show that most people hear. That's usually the before the show and the after the show, um, which a few people hear. So, yeah. 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 So that, that's kind of what you're, what you're up to. Um, when did you start your show? Oh gosh. November of 2017. I, I did that three minute intro teaser, mm-hmm. which now listening back, I still like it, but I would redo it if I could do it again, <laughs> but I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, I still don't know if I do, but it's been almost three years. So November will be three years, but it, it hit the ground more on a regular basis, probably right around Christmas or January 1st of 2018, which that sounds like a long time ago. It feels, it feels like a long time ago because 2020 has been about 20 years. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I, I get that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of teasers, I went back and found mine early on. So I did 13 episodes originally. And I took a quote from every single episode hmm. and threaded them together through my theme music. And that so was, but you could tell my editing skills were okay. Sometimes the transitions were good and sometimes the transitions were not. And, uh, but I love the way that it just sort of told the story, but here, here's the thing, guys, if you have one of those, uh, I think you'd agree, Seth, you don't get better until you get started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what has been your experience with growing with your podcast? So my experience, like growing in what way? Well, growing it in terms of as a podcast host, as mm-hmm. a, you know, just a podcaster in general, maybe even with getting guests. Cause I know you get some great guests. Sure. So, um, I'll speak to the guests first. Cause to be honest, I have no idea why people said yes and or <laughs> continue to say yes. But what I found is I think there's a lacking, um, specifically in, in the theological circles of, uh, and it, it's in an upcoming episode. I don't even know. I haven't even edited it, but there was one where I spoke to a professor and he's like, he basically said, you know, so many of us got into learning in seminary and then teaching because we wanted to teach. And then what we find is eventually people stop listening and to stay on the tenure track, we just write books incessantly. <laughs> but then when we go to church, nobody wants to listen and we don't get fed. And so he's, cause I asked him why some of the guests have said, yes, he's like, honestly, I just think they're, these people want to teach. That's why they learned what they learned. And they're excited that somebody's showing an interest. And they're like, yes, what do you want to know about? I would love to talk to you about whatever you think I know about. Um, so I think the guests, a lot of that's just asking people and doing the work of tracking down and sometimes guessing at email addresses um, uh. and getting feedback incorrect um, or undeliverable. But usually if you can find a few public email addresses, you can then- You can figure it down. out. Yeah. Okay. Or-, or yeah. Yeah. I don't know if um, I should, I don't know if we should do this, but I'm going to ask the question. Did who's like the most, like the biggest person that you've gotten on the show because you guessed at an email address. Uh, da, 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 da. I'd have to look. Um, I don't know. Um, cause it hasn't ha- now. So I have the, the good, gooder, the better problem now. <laughs> We're podcasters. Uh, a lot of times they reach out to me. Oh yeah. Been a blessing. Um, but I would guess, you know, I'll have to get back to you on that. Um, okay, that's I'll okay. Episode lists and see, because uh, it hasn't happened a lot. Maybe ten or fifteen times. Maybe Brian Zond, because his email address is not really on Word of Life Church everywhere, uh-huh. um, anywhere that I can find. Actually, like if you have it, you have it, and if you don't have it, you have to like email his assistant. Who who knows if that ever yeah makes it to wherever it's supposed to go. Who's not so. going to help you? 
<laughs> Her job is yeah. to keep you away from him, probably. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how I got him. I might have called the church office that day. I've, I've been known to just physically call somebody oh, and man. say, hey, is Brian and or yeah, that's how I got Jared Bias on back in the day. I just called him at work, tracked down where he worked and just <laughs> called him. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, sure. Email me at XYZ and um, we'll make it work. So, but as far as other growth, like I've gotten better at conversations. I say, um, usually less often. And that's helped me even at work. I don't interrupt people as often. So I think I've gotten better at just conversating with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if conversating is a word, but it is now. Conversing, uh, maybe I would use. Yeah, there it is. Conversing <laughs> with people. And then I've also gotten way less rigid with the conversations that I have, both on the podcast and mm-hmm. in real life. Like I used to try to plan conversations out way in advance and script everything, including like if I was going to argue with my wife. You know, like, here's what I think she's going to say. And if she says that, I'm going to say this. <laughs> and I just don't do that anymore. Um, yeah. What was that? Wait, wait, wait. I got to ask about that. What was that grounded in? Why did you do that? Uh, insecurity, I think. So mm-hmm. I don't have a huge theological background. I only know what I no longer believe in. But outside of the last few years, like I'm constantly reading new material. And so it, all of my questions really come from a, a really ignorant place. And so my fear was if I ask the question, people will think I'm stupid. And then I realized I don't give a crap if people (laughs) think I'm stupid because I really am in this, like I'm good at what I'm good at. And the rest of it, I just doesn't matter. See, I think that is gold right there. It's one of the things that I've learned too, is that I used to be really concerned about people thinking I was wrong, but what I've learned like with interviewing, sometimes it's really a good idea to be wrong. Right. So like with you, I might say, Oh, uh, you grew up in Virginia, right? Well, I know that you didn't, you grew up in Texas, right? So you might correct me and go, Oh no, I didn't actually grew up, you know, whatever part of Texas you were from and you feel obligated to do that. And so then the, the conversation like goes forward and I get you to talk that way. I learned that from another podcaster where, where, um, yeah, sometimes just being a little bit wrong, or even if you get it just slightly, you say something in a non-nuanced way, <laughs> right? People will be like, oh, there's more to it. And then they're willing to talk to you. They, they give you a lot more. Yeah. Well, for me, a lot of it was, I felt like I had to have follow-up questions to every question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget where it was. Is maybe episode like 25, 26. I had a few close friends that were listening, email me finally and say, um, I don't know what's changed, but something's different in your voice. Like they're different now and we like it better. And the only thing I can look when I look back through my journals, because I still, I write out like three things I want to talk about. Like I might have two specific questions and then the rest of the whole hour is all ad-libbed. And they're like, yeah, something changed. And the only thing I can find is it was that. Like I stopped scripting everything. Uh, and, And just when I had questions, like if you said something and I'm like, what? Like go, I don't, I still don't understand. Yeah. And if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. So that's been the biggest thing that I've learned is it's okay to be dumb and stupid and it, it might actually be encouraged. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think you're, it sounds to me like you're following your curiosity. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Instead of just doing the thing. I don't know if you've heard this, but Larry King says that's what he does. Like Larry King never has a script or a, not even like a beginning question with any of his guests. Isn't that crazy? Like, how many? I am familiar with Larry King, but I've only watched four interviews with him, and they were all the same person, broken up into like four sections. Oh, gotcha. 
Yeah. Only because when I was doing one of the transcripts, I, um, I wanted to link to it and I needed to figure out which 20 second clip was the appropriate portion. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I never watched. I didn't have cable growing up. So we never watched Larry King. So. Uh, you know, I didn't really either, but I knew of him. And I mean, you think of the hundreds of thousands of interviews he's probably done, right. Interviewing people every, every night. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's up there for me anyway, as a person who is so just, he's just, he just interviews people, but he lets his curiosity lead. And I've heard that from other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear that from, from you as well. Um, what was the most significant obstacle you had to overcome with your podcast? Money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Save. So it's, it costs a lot of money to buy the stuff and yep. then to convince your wife that you, it, you know, that it's, it's a, not an investment, more of a, listen, you do what you do on the side. I could be playing golf at 50 bucks every Saturday. I'm not doing that, you know? So, <laughs> uh, so it was money. But then even after that, like, I didn't realize how expensive it is to actually do a podcast. Uh, and luckily I've been blessed enough that, um, you know, I have some people that support the show that make the whole thing run. And I know a lot of people say on their podcast, you know, this is sponsored by X, Y, or Z, but like, I don't want to have to have sponsors. And so I'm really yeah. thankful that, that it can work, um, differently. Cause it really has become, I, I had to, I have to file taxes for the show. Like it's become a, wow. a thing. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I have to, I have to claim the income cause I'm a banker and I'm afraid I'm going to get audited and <laughs> integrity matters to me. And so if I make even a dollar, I'm going to claim it, even though I know it's not taxable because I spent more than a dollar. Right, right. I'm still going to claim it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was the biggest thing to overcome. Um, Emailing people was easy for me. Reading the books, I was going to do anyway. So all that is is normal. But for me, it was figuring out how to pay for it. Yeah. And so were you, do you have like Patreon or something? Or do you, how do you, how'd you do that? Yeah, I have Patreon and then I use another website called Glow, like glow.fm or something that lets people like just do something one time if they want to, Mm -hmm. Um, but they don't have to make another username or password to keep track of or any of that garbage. It just supports the show. Not a lot of people use that because I don't really talk about it, Um, but it's there if people want to read the show notes. But yeah, Patreon mostly. And then I give them different tiers that they can activate or whatever the word is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But there's, I don't know, 60 people there or so helping to support the show. Um, I don't know what the average dollar is. So, well, that's a pretty good audience though. So how did you, how do you, what's your pitch? What do you say to people to get them to join up? I I don't know that I say much outside of what did I say last time you, for the year, you could support the show for less than two cups of Starbucks coffee and you're not selfish. So you should do that. Um, and there, or, or sometimes I'll joke around with it. Like, I know you want to skip this because I'm about to say the Patreon rate and review the garbage that we all say, but your thumbs are too big. You're going to skip forward too long. I'm not going to talk for 30 seconds. And then you're going to have to rewind for 15 seconds. And nobody has time for that. So just hit pause, hit the freaking button. And the next time you can skip knowing full well that you didn't miss anything. Like, I, so I just have a good time with it. But honestly, I have no idea why people click the button. Um, I'm hopeful that um, they get something enough out of the show that they want to continue to see that it exists. Cause honestly, if the Patreon's turned off tomorrow, the show would also have to turn off tomorrow. Like I, it's, it's become more, um, more than I can afford, um, if they weren't there. So yeah. And maybe they can hear that genuineness in the voice of this doesn't exist without you. And I'm dead serious. Like I genuinely appreciate that. I know money's tight 
and money's important and you deemed this worth $3 a month or whatever it is. Like I genuinely wholeheartedly appreciate it. Yeah. Friends, I hope you can hear that. I think that genuineness, that authenticity is really key to producing a great podcast. I think a lot of us don't, um, you know, our age is really defined. The ethos of our age is authenticity, even whether you like that or not. And I've heard some people maybe complain about that, but I really think it's true. And I think it is what makes podcasting great, right? Is you can, you can make that pitch and say, Hey, I I want you involved. And I, you know, if you want to be involved, that's great. And that is helpful. And yeah. pe- people can hear that. Um, I think, I think that's part of what makes you, your show so good is you have that really um, deep level of, of authenticity. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, okay. Who did you make your show for? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately me. Like I have, it's over there. I reference it often. I'm on the bookshelf. Like I have seven or eight years worth of questions and readings and highlights and answers and arguments with myself, with God, with friends, with family. And then eventually uh, in the midst of all of that, um, you know, the show kind of birthed out of that. Um, But yeah, mostly like it's very cathartic and therapeutic for me. Like I take guest suggestions seriously, but if it's not something I'm genuinely interested in, like it's just not going to happen because getting back to that genuine thing, I'm not going to force something. Like I've had people ask me to do stuff on like eschatology, which does interest me, but only for a different reason. And only really recently over the last like month or so. Yeah. Um, It's becoming a big deal again, right? People are starting to, yeah. COVID is a plot to take over the world. Yeah. But, um, I'm going to do it in a different way that'll make everybody angry, which I think is the only way to act adequately do that. Like I'm just going to tackle, (laughs) you know, there is no, um, in times and maybe pre-trib post-trib millennial is like, I'm just going to tackle it all. Um, and make everybody upset, um, in the way that I'm known to do if you ask my wife. Yeah. Um, but that somewhere in the middle of all of that is actually the, the truth. If there is one, as it comes to knowing about the end times. So, but it's definitely for me, like every episode is personally interested to me. I don't mind listening to it again when I edit it. Like I, I genuinely, for the most part, every episode personally interests me. Yeah. See, I think that's really important, friends. I don't don't miss that. If you're a podcaster, you got to be interested in your show. Like it's going to come out, right? It's kind of it's going to come out. I think that's one reason. You know, all the shows that I like, you can tell the people who are doing them love their topic, right? They just love. They want to find out more about it. I've heard Donald Miller of uh, Story Brand say that you know he does his podcast because he just wants to get free coaching from people, right? Like, so he brings people on just to have conversations he's interested in. You know, we, we, I, I hear you doing the same thing, right? Like, I just want to have these conversations and go find the experts and and figure out what, uh, you know, get let them t- basically teach you for free. Who yeah. needs seminary, dude? I could have saved a lot of money. Yeah. My pastor has told me before, he's like, you're basically doing seminary in real time. Yeah. Recorded with all of your idiocy mixed in there as well. I was like, should I go to get a degree? He's like, why? Like you're basically <laughs> doing seminary in real time. Like, um, he's like, yeah, all of your questions aren't new. He's like, although sometimes you ask a question, I'm like, hmm, I never thought about it that way. It's like, but that's basically what seminary is. Like we're all in there hoping that people don't know how much we little, how little we know by the time they give us our MDiv or whatever. 
and expect us to know all the answers. So, oh, that is certainly true. I can attest to that. Okay, I love that. You have a seminary degree? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got an MDiv. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so we actually moved out to Denver in 2004, a week after the election, and uh, I started school in 2005 and finished up. It took me a little while. I went part kind of part time, but huh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I love the theological discussions, right? Because I've I'm well practiced in yeah. in that world. Um, I want to know what change did you want to make with your podcast? Like what what did you want to do with it? What do I want to do with it? Well, what um, what, what change did you want to make in the world with it? Uh again, most of them are for me. So I'm a firm believer that the better that I can hold conversations for myself will impact my kids and the people that I actually share community with. And if someone in Texas or Sri Lanka or Australia gets something out of it, more power to it. But my primary focus is um, bettering me and my small circle of influence because I honestly am not convinced that I can change someone's mind Mm -hmm. in iTunes or on Spotify or on Facebook comment sections. Like I just don't think that that's possible. Um, maybe the podcast can, but primarily it's not for that. Like I've said often, I'm glad that other people get something out of this, but it's, it's really just so that I can have better. And I I did it today. We were driving over the mountain and my kids were asking questions about politics and the Bible. And honestly, I answered the questions differently than I would have three years ago uh, because of some of the stuff that I've learned. And a lot of the questions I answered were just questions back, like, just trying to steal from Jesus. Like I'm very rarely going to, you know, um, which I've stolen that from some of the books that I've read recently, just this year of just really want to be like Jesus. I'm not interested in having a good answer. I'm just going to answer another question with a question. Um, And it seems to work well, but yeah, it's mostly for that, for, for me, for my kids, for my family. And then by proxy, you know, the people I do church with, the people I work with um, those lives, I can genuinely impact maybe. Yeah. uh, Hopefully. Well, one thing I see you doing is you are making it safe to ask harder questions hmm. and whether, whether or not that's a movement uh, of sorts, I think it is much needed and very, very necessary. Like we need to be able to ask the hard questions because, and I don't know if it's just my perception, but where I grew up, it was much more like, Hey, that we're going to teach you what to think. Right. Mm-hmm. And they call that discipleship rather than we're going to teach you how to think and call that discipleship, right? Which I think is very much more in line with what Jesus does. And I think you're making that possible, which is funny, right? Or interesting anyway, that, uh, you know, you can, you can have all kinds of degrees and positions and not make disciples, or you can have a podcast and make disciples. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I do like that group that I've made on Facebook with that. Although I don't proselytize my podcast in there. I very rarely, if ever post my shows there, which is really weird. Uh, I've had people before like, you should just put in there. There's like five or whatever hundred people. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not why that exists. That's not the purpose for that thing. I have a Facebook page for that and a website for that. That's not what that's for. I don't even think I link to that group on my website. Like it's intentionally hidden. Like if you're there, it's because you're supposed to be there and somebody invited you to be there and you're there. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. So you're, you're not really trying to, uh, you know, promote yourself. No, I don't want to actually. I've had so many people because the podcast has gotten relatively, I guess, 
in small, small circles popular. You're doing then, well. You're, you're, then, you're very successful. I don't have a way to gauge that. So I'll take your word for it. Like I don't, I don't actually, because there's no like podcast numbers aren't out there. There's like no ratings. And I don't know if I can trust chartable. Uh, I can trust download numbers, but even then, like, I don't know how to compare that to another show. Check out, um, Libsyn has a podcast and I forget the name of it. I'll go find it. That's who hosts my show. Yeah. So Rob Walsh and... His co-host, uh, whose name I, I haven't listened to him for a little while. All right, so we're doing this on the fly, folks. Um, Which, by the way, I'll fill in some gap for you because I know how hard it is to do on the fly. It's hard to do an intro live, and I—I'll be honest. And when you started that, I'm like, "Oh, he's doing it live," because I will record like nine different <laughs> versions of an intro because I don't do it live. For those listening, if you've ever listened to my show, like when you hear like Elkum or Elkum Eric, welcome back to the show. Like that's literally where I hit record. All the rest of that stuff I did weeks later, highly edited. You know, I, I used to do that and, um, I decided I wanted to get better at doing the, doing the live intro, partly because it's just easier. I don't have to do as deal with as many audio files. Um, but also I think, and this is just for our friends who are also podcasters. Um, I think the sooner you get to the content at the beginning, the better. In, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so I decided that was a way to do it and it just cut down my editing time. But anyway, uh, it's called the feed Elsie Escobar and Rob Walsh. Anyway, check that out that, that they often, every episode they'll talk about download numbers. If you have 150 downloads per episode, you're in the top 50% of podcasts. If you have, if you have, um, you know, a thousand, you're in the top 80%. And that's within like uh within 30 days. So if you're more than that, yeah, if you're more than that in 30 days, you're doing quite well. So total downloads in 30 days. Yeah. I'm just going to log in now because I'm just really curious. Okay. But it, I, I'll look at, maybe I'll ask you after we're done. Um, Cause now I'm genuinely it's, curious. Well, it's interesting, right? So a place like Lipson would know that kind of, that kind of stuff, but most people don't have any kind of, gauge for that all right while you're looking that up do you have a favorite episode of your show oh that changes i get asked that a lot and that probably changes weekly um depends on where you are yeah oh also so the average 30-day downloads total for the show somewhere between eight thousand to ten thousand yeah so you're like i don't know that would that would be like a top 95 percent show oh well that You're doing well. That's what I'm trying to say. So I hope that's encouraging and not discouraging to our friends, but that's what I mean. So like you're, what you're doing is you're creating a place where people are allowed to ask those hard questions about theological topics that they've been told. They're not allowed to ask those questions about, or you should just think the way that we should. Mm -hmm. And that is really attractive and really a good thing. Yeah. I'm trying to answer your question about a favorite episode. Like I have a lot of favorite episodes, but they're all for different reasons. Like, um, gosh, one of my favorite favorite, and I don't even know why is the one where I interviewed Adam Lewis green from Bibliotheca. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with Bibliotheca or not, which we talked about a lot in there, but what I really like is I talked with another guy that's not a theologian, but has a genuine passion for scripture. Nice. And, um, I just really liked the conversation. And then the other one that I liked a lot is the Christmas episode with Alexander Shia, because he just talks about Christmas differently. I listened to it with my kids and I like that I can listen to almost every episode with my kids. 
but that one, even my kids were like, really? Really? <laughs> uh, it, spoiler alert, if you listen to that one with your kids, we do talk about how Santa isn't quite <laughs> Santa. So, right. but uh, yeah, all the pagan stuff in Christianity. So, but I think if you ask me a week from today, like it'll be an entirely different answer. So. Yeah. And that's okay. I only, I know that like, I feel the same with my episodes. I don't know that I can choose one. There's a few that I'll point to as ones that I was excited to do, but uh, I always ask that because I think it tells us something about what you think of your show, right. Mm. And w- what you're learning uh, mm-hmm. from your show. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's amazing. Um, Seth, what's next for you? Like, where do you, where do you see this going? The podcast? Oh gosh. Um, I don't see myself stopping just because I'm still enjoying it and learning things personally. I would like to ultimately do something live, but then we had COVID. Yeah. Um, so, and that was part of what I was setting aside some of the Patreon money for was to do something live and fly in a speaker and rent a room and let everybody come for free specifically because of the patrons, um, you know, and maybe they get something different while they're there, but then I don't know when that will happen. Uh, I don't, I don't know where it'll go. Um, I've been asked by a couple people to write a book and, um, and use stuff from the podcast, which I feel weird about because a lot of it isn't my thoughts. It's other people's thoughts. And I almost feel like that's stealing. Like they came on to talk about their stuff for free and then I'm going to publish it somehow. Have you, you seen know? this tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss? That's what no. he did. Okay. Really? T- yeah. That's go check it out. Basically he looks at, um, he just takes all his different episodes and he goes, what I learned from this. Okay. Productivity tricks, whatever. And yeah, he used it. And I'm sure that he, here's the thing, all the people that you have in your, in your podcast um, are going to be thrilled because you're publishing about them. Hmm. Right. I hadn't thought about it that way. In my mind, I was like, they gave me a free hour, hour and a half of their time and I'm going to take their words. And Yep. Well, know. well, I would write about what you learned from them, like, and how that challenges your faith or something. I don't know. You didn't ask for advice. Here I am. But uh, you could, you could totally do that. And, uh, and, and it's not, it's been done before. And so it's not just a, it's not a, you know, you're not, I don't know. I don't want to say you're not blazing a trail, but like it, it's tried and true and it's a good way to, yeah, to take your podcast. I no trails. I'm, I'm, and, I'm risk averse. <laughs> you can uh, turn it in, you turn your podcast into a book. I love it. That'd be great. Yeah. But, um, that, and then I don't know how, and I've talked about it with a few friends on the side, like, and it was from one of the episodes that I did and I can't even remember who, but base, uh, maybe I, yeah, maybe I do remember. So I did one on defund the church, which is, Already made people, if they weren't listening, go, <laughs> what did he say? Yeah. You heard, you have to listen to the episode because uh, it probably means something different than what you think it does. But he had said, you know, podcasts and the communities around them are becoming forms of church, especially in COVID. And he's like, what would it look like for a bunch of podcasts to literally join hands and enact real change? And that's a paraphrase of yeah. what it was. And so I've talked about that with a few friends, like, what would it look like? And he's so, I was like, but I'm not good at this. And so I asked him, what would you do? He's like, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. I'm like, yeah, let's do all of it. Let's just do all of that. Cause a lot of it was like, let's find 10 different podcasts and let's devote an entire month to LGBTQ issues or other issues and literally give 50% of all of the patron support or 50% of all the merchandise sold or whatever, and just give it to people that do work in that community. Like that is kind of where I'd like to, I don't know where to go with the podcast, but I would like to uh, take some of the momentum that it has 
and actually enacts change in communities that aren't mine. But I don't know how, and it would require a network of people, um, which will require a lot of trust, both of me and from me. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I do. So, but I don't know how to do that and do it well because it kind of hijacks other people's calendars as well. Uh, well, if I want to partner with this, then the entire month of March, I can only talk about homosexuality and I don't know if I want to do that or I can only talk about racism or the prosperity gospel or whatever it is. I don't know how to do that, but I would like to do something like that with. Yeah. So Those are good thoughts. That, that's great. Um, and certainly friends, I hope you're, you're inspired because you can always take your platform and, you know, do something new with it and make a change. That's why I asked that question. Um, that's what, that's what we have our podcast for. Um, man, I love it. Seth, we can, people can find you at, can I say this at church.com, right? That's where they can find the podcast. Yep. Uh, you've got a contact button friends. If you want to connect with him, you are really responsive on Twitter and uh, Facebook as well, I believe. Right. So we, at least you heard more me. So, more maybe, so Facebook than Twitter, but maybe, Twitter is my preferred. I just get in there less often. There you go. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but Seth, yeah. thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I think you're <laughs> awesome. And uh, I love your podcast friends. You can uh, go certainly go out to, can I say this at church.com and check out uh, all the things that Seth has there. Also, if you're a podcaster and you haven't joined us yet in Christian podcasters association, you should do that. Of course, this podcast is always brought to you by CPA. We, we have different membership levels. You can join, including a free one, Bronze, if you want to get in for some free training, some free downloads that will help you, including the exact process that I use for my podcast to book my guests. Uh, you can learn all of that streamlined. I just had somebody say today that helped them so much. If you're a podcaster, sending those emails back and forth, I'll tell you how to get over all of that. Or if you need some help promoting or just want to learn some stuff, you can join us at the gold level as well. Would love to have you in there. That is at christianpodcastersassociation.com. Join us on Facebook there as well. Seth, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for having me, Eric.